Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 18, Brenda Johnson, incumbent counselor, running for a re-election in Ward 11, recorded on September 3rd, 2018. Brenda Johnson, you're the incumbent city councilor in Ward 11, and you're running for re-election. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Who is Brenda Johnson? Brenda Johnson is 58 years old, been married to my husband, Glenn, for 37 years. I have a 35-year-old son, and I have a 29-year-old son. Have lived in Ward 11 for most of my life. There was a 10-year period where my husband and I actually lived in uh, Stony Creek, downtown Stony Creek, but lived in and raised our kids in Ward 11. And for clarification, with the Ward boundary changes, are you still in Ward 11? No, the Ward 11 got divided into three, if you will. So Winona and Fruitland are now part of Ward 10 as of December the 1st, and Tapleytown and Alfreda, Han and Vinemount are now part of Ward 9, and Ward 11 is Glambrook. Why are you running? When I first sought election in 2010, I had a list of things I wanted to accomplish, and I still have some things left undone, and I want to get them done. I have a bucket list, and the bucket list is is to finish off some jobs that I was supposed to do or get done in, in Glambrock. How have you contributed to your community and our city? Before I became an elected official, I did a lot of volunteer work in the Winona community specifically. I was actually going up against developers in the Winona area at the Ontario Municipal Board. So I felt that I could help on the inside now, not just on the outside, helping residents with the development issues. What are your two priorities for Ward 11 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? Actually, I have a lot of priorities for my ward. One of them is to ensure that smart development occurs. And that doesn't mean a whole lot to people who are in well-established neighborhoods, but Bimbrook and Mount Hope are still finishing off their secondary plans. So that means that there's going to be a lot of housing units coming in, and I want to ensure that the housing units that are coming in are complementary and enhance the neighborhood and not become a negative impact on that neighborhood. So grading issues and drainage issues, all those things have to be addressed. I want to get Mount Hope done. We have a gateway that we have underway. The warplane have been very generous to give us a warplane to put on that gateway. We also have Mount Hope Park, the community park. It's finally getting finished. It's taken eight years to get that done. So the splash pad and the multi-use trail and the multi-purpose court. We also have a Quonset hut that we're trying to get rid of and replaced. So, And we've just had Bimbrook Hall and we just had Mount Hope Hall refurbished. So there's still lots of things to do in the ward, but those are the two off the top of my head. And, and your two citywide priorities? Well, to be honest with you, one of the reasons that I agreed to the area rating funds was that infrastructure was going to be addressed. We just came down Burlington Street, and I'm telling you, it's so horrible. The, and I think with the, it was rated number one worst street in Ontario. 
So it's the infrastructure. My second priority is to get the HSR cleaned up. And I mean, we have buses that are basically tours. They go from Rymel Road all the way down to the lift bridge. We have buses that are going into areas that used to have, say, a factory years ago. No longer the factory's there. There's no longer ridership there. There may be one or two people that use it. I think we need to revamp the entire map and get it on track. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on city council? The first thing I can think of is that I find solutions. If there's a problem, I find the solution for that problem. And I think I've proven that in the last eight years in this office. I've also proven that I can work with not only the staff, but my colleagues to get things done for Ward 11. Right off the top of the head, I can think of is the bylaw officer that we hired just for Ward 11 to get rid of the illegal businesses in the rural area. That's not a priority for my colleagues who are in the urban setting. So to convince them that I really need this, I think that that's one of them. I'm also really good, I believe, in engaging citizens. We worked it out. We had over 400 meetings with citizens this past term. That's not in City Hall. That's not around that council chambers. That's being in a community meeting or it's a neighborhood meeting, on-site meetings, kitchen table meetings. So I've done over 400 of, and I think that's one of my strong points, is that I'm not afraid to go to someone's house, bang on the door, and say, what is it you need? What is something interesting or unique about Ward 11 that you believe the rest of Hamilton should know? The current Ward 11, I always call the ABC Ward because it has everything in the alphabet. Airports, petting zoos, quarries. The new Ward 11 is very similar. You have rural and you have urban. And I'll tell you right now, the compatibility of the two sometimes doesn't mesh. So you get people who've moved into the urban setting. Their backyard is a farmer's field. They buy ATVs and they go through the farmer's fields, which is their bread and butter. It's their livelihoods. Or the farmer is working at 7 o'clock in the morning on his tractor, and they're complaining about the noise. They're complaining about the bird bangers. So that's one of the things that's a real challenge. So people like to move out there for the landscape. They like to move out there for that country feel, but they have to understand that that comes with a price, that the farmers are working 24-7. Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities that they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development? And where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? You know, it's interesting. Last Thursday, we just had a development meeting for two different properties in Mount Hope. And this is exactly what happened there because there was back-to-backs, townhouses proposed in a prominently single resident area. So explaining to people that these plans were actually approved by the former Glenbrook Township. Every 10 years, the province reviews the provincial policy statement. That looks at what does low residential, what does that look like? 
So back in the 1990s, low residential was single homes. Today, low residential is row townhouses, back-to-backs, because the province said you are no longer going to blow out those urban boundaries anymore. You're not going to stop on agricultural lands. So you have to make every inch, every acre of your ur- within your urban boundary count. So this is what I was telling the residents in Mount Hope, was we have to make sure every acre counts. So the plans that were being presented had about 150 townhouses on it. Everyone went ballistic. And I said, but the province is telling them they should have 200 townhouses in that same space. So this developer is coming in actually under that. They're not exploiting what the province is mandating. So it's really difficult to explain to residents that single homes is now a thing of the past, that it's now more condensed, it's more intensified. So your communities may not like it, but it's something that we have to abide with the provincial laws. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? You know, it's interesting because the two that comes to mind is HSR and ambulances. And for the past eight years, I know we've been throwing money at both. I know the one 10-year strategy was was delayed for a year because at that time, Dave Dixon, who was the director of, of transit, said the money will sit in the bank anyways because the buses aren't ready to be purchased. So we throw money at it, but it still seems to be problematic. Ambulances alone, we have lots of ambulances. They're just tied up in emergency rooms. So what do we do? How do we offload these patients so the ambulances can get back on the road? So that's always work in progress. We have, as I said before, the HSR. I'd love to just blow up that map and redo that map again, put two people in a room and and let them do that and get more buses out and get more services for everyone. So the person living downtown has the same level of services as the person who lives in Stony Creek. So those are the things, those are the two services that I would still like to focus on. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? Well, I think that the two that I just mentioned would help improve the quality of life in Hamilton. Ambulance services and and HSR services. You improve them both and everything's walkable. Everything can get to, you hop on a bus and get anywhere you want to go in the city cost effectively and also time effective. Just helping people to get off the roads with their cars, that would improve the quality of life and having our ambulances, having our EMS up to par. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? I would be fine with ranked ballots if province and federal elections followed suit. I think the problem I have with ranked balloting is we're trying to engage people to vote. We're trying to get them out to do the right thing. And this is something that veterans have fought and died over. So when I go to the province or I go to a federal election, I just mark it with an X and walk away. How simple is that? Ranked balloting, it gets a little more convoluted. And if it's not on all three levels of government, then why, why would we change just the one level? And also my understanding is that the school trustee would not have ranked balloting. It would just be for city council. And I think that why mess up with the system? How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? I think that's, that's one of my strong points is that I do engage the citizens of Ward 11 very well. 
We have an e-blast system that has over 6,000 contacts on it. I have a Facebook page. I have a Twitter account. I have a website. And as I stated earlier, I've had over 400 meetings with residents in this past term. And that does not include the meetings at city council or in my offices. This is outside my office. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? A city manager's position is, is remarkable. This is a person who is going to oversee more than 6,000 employees and over 200 services being delivered. And so you're going to need somebody who's got a business mind. You're going to need somebody who's got good people skills. You're going to need somebody who can follow through on a plan and objectives and their goals. So it's not an easy position to fill, and it's certainly not going to be done quickly. I can tell you right now. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? I think I've proven I have done so in the past eight years. We started to add up capital projects, grant money. And you have to remember, Ward 11 doesn't have cell phone tower money. I don't have area rating money. I don't have any reserves like some of the other wards do. But yet we added up. It's over $200 million that has been able to be invested back into Ward 11 with the community center in Winona, park redevelopment in both Bimbrook and in Mount Hope. We've put a lot of cash back into the, into the ward. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council? What three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? I hope that what they described me for is she did her best. And for council, they did their best. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks you wish to share? You know, I've been really privileged that the folks of Ward 11 elected me to be the representative. I have worked tirelessly. I have worked through illnesses. I've worked through operations and and bereavements and I don't think that there's a person out there that can say I was never engaged, whether I was dealing with the death of my mother or I was, you know, in the hospital having an operation. I was always there. I worked very, very hard, and I will continue to work very, very hard on behalf of the Ward 11 residents. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank the co-workers in my co-working space, The Seed Works, for working with me as I recorded today's podcast in the office. This has been episode 18 of the 155 podcast, the public records interviews with all candidates in the 2018 Hamilton municipal election. Visit thepublicrecord.ca for more podcasts and to sign up for our City Hall newsletter. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.